Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short and with me here is Drew Silva. Drew, how's it going? It's been a while. Yeah, man, it's it's exciting to get back into the, the swing of things with you know pitchers and catchers reporting um, in, in about a week from now. Uh, so we're, we're, we're getting started on our positional player rankings and really just getting launching right back into fantasy baseball as we look ahead to the 2018 season. Yeah, I mean, the hot stove never truly got hot this winter, but as you said, pitchers and catchers just days away, so uh, we got to get started with preparation for the 2018 season. As you said, this is our first episode in a series where we'll go position by position with our rankings and also go through sleepers, players to avoid, things like that. Uh, In today's episode, we're going to go through first baseman and second baseman, Uh, but before we do that, a quick word about the Roto-World Draft Guide, the magazine's available in stores now. It's jam-packed with everything you need to get ready for draft day, projections, detailed player profiles, articles on sleepers, busts, keeper leagues, auction leagues, mock draft analysis, our top 100 prospects, and much, much more. So keep an eye out for that. You can also go to rotoworld.com and purchase our online version of the draft guide. It'll be constantly updated throughout spring training. has all the same stuff the magazine does, but lots of bonus material as well. Tons of stuff. Uh, I'm obviously biased, but a great investment as you get ready for your fantasy drafts again go to rotoworld.com to check that out yeah a lot a lot of man hours in those publications my entire month of december is in those it was a slow winter but not really for us at all no no it wasn't didn't feel like it (laughs) no uh okay so like i said we're gonna go through first base and second base today we're gonna start with first base and uh, probably the best way to do this drew i'll go through my top 12 I know you have your own, but I'll read mine and we'll kind of riff off that if that sounds good. Yeah, great. Cool. Um, I think we have some notable differences, so uh, this should be interesting. And by the way, we are leaving out some of the multi-position eligible players like Reese Hoskins, Ian Desmond, Trey Mancini. We're going to include them among our outfielders, so just keep that in mind. Okay, my list, I have Paul Goldschmidt, number one, Freddie Freeman, number two, Rizzo, number three, Bellinger, fourth, Votto, fifth. Jose Abreu, 6th, 7, Edwin Encarnacion, Hosmer, 8th, Will Myers, number 9, Miguel Cabrera, 10th, 11, I have Justin Smoke, and 12, I have Greg Bird. So we're going to start at the very top here, and I'm actually setting you up with this question, Drew. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, is Paul Goldschmidt still at the top of the first base mountain? 
Um, like maybe he should be, but I have Freddie Freeman by a hair. Um, Freeman was on a, on track for a huge 2017 season before he fractured his left wrist. SunTrust Park, the, the Braves' new stadium, now entering its second year, plays very friendly to left-handed power hitters, as we saw in its in its debut season as a stadium. I think the Braves' lineup should be pretty good in 2018, getting better as the year rolls along, and and young guys like Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna uh, find their footing at the major league level. I mean, Goldschmidt's great. He's a five-category player, but his stolen bases have kind of dropped off, and he turns 31 years old this season, so I don't think you're going to get a 20 stolen base season out of him. I like Freeman to hit for, for better home runs and RBIs and, and batting average. Yeah, the, the variable that's interesting about Goldschmidt is uh, whether the Diamondbacks are going to install a humidor this season. And there, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of discussion about it. Um, but recently, the Diamondbacks have been kind of vague about it. And you'd think if it's going to be there that they would have made some kind of announcement by now. Um, so maybe they're getting cold feet about the impact that it could have on their offense. They actually pitched pretty well there last season. So uh, maybe they're having second thoughts about it. I'd feel a lot more confident uh, with Goldschmidt at the top if I know they're not going out of the humidor. Even though Goldschmidt kind of slowed down on the stolen base front last year. I think he had six steals over the final four months of the season last year. Um, but still hit 36 homers, had 120 RBIs, uh, 299 career hitters. So he's safe batting average. Uh, I still think he'll give you steals, but I don't know if you can bank on 20-plus, but I think you'll get 10 to 20. Um, getting speed out of first base, I think that's a big thing. I mean, you yeah. look at where we usually get speed from. It's second base, shortstop, outfield. So getting it from one of those corner positions can be pretty huge. So uh, I still think he deserves to be at the top, but I, I love Freeman too. When you look at what he did after he returned from the, the wrist surgery last season, hit 292 with 14 homers and an 890 OPS in 80 games, even though he admitted having some weakness in the wrist down the stretch. So I'm excited to see what he can do coming back at full strength. So, you know, aside from Goldschmidt, I, I don't think there's any question for me. Freeman is number two on my list. Um, another interesting one I saw with you, you had Bellinger over Rizzo. Um, what was kind of your mindset with that one? Um, just Ballinger being young and, and, and loving the Dodgers lineup. I mean, incredible numbers last year at essentially his age 21 season, 933 OPS, 39 home runs, 97 RBIs, and, and wasn't even on the opening day roster. Um, so I just think the sky's the limit for how good that dude can be. I think he's maybe an MVP candidate even this year. Um, I, I'm just, I'm really high on him. Uh, it's, it's, it's an upside play. I think, you know, Rizzo's like as, as solid as you can get at the first base position. But I, I think Bellinger has a higher ceiling. Yeah, I mean, I still think there's time for Bellinger to adjust. I mean, there's certainly more swing and miss to his game. Uh, doesn't get on base as much as Rizzo. Um, so I, and I could see them kind of being a wash in stolen bases. So Rizzo might be the yeah. safer choice, but I do think Bellinger's uh, the upside play. It feels weird that we have Joey Votto. I mean, I have him fifth. I can't remember what you had him. Did you have him five also? I think you had him fourth. I had, I had him fourth. Yeah. I mean, this guy, I, we have to at least talk about him a little bit. Uh, sure. I was looking at his baseball reference page, which is a lot of fun. Highly recommended. Um, yeah. A lot of bold numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You look at his career on base percentage, 428. And if you look at career on base percentage, Major League Baseball history, he's 11th all-time. 
And this yeah. is after names like Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Barry Bonds, Rogers Hornsby, Ty Cobb, Jimmy Fox. I mean, it's insane. It really is. Um, and of course, like most leagues don't count on base percentage, but you know, a player with, with that amount of plate discipline, I mean, he's really probably the the most disciplined, maybe even like the best hitter in the game. Yeah. I don't know. Mike, Mike Trout has something to say about that, but it, it'll translate to counting stats. I mean, you, you'll kind of have some peaks and valleys with it, but he expanded his zone a little bit more. Um, and, I, and I think he could do that again this year. I mean, he hit 36 home runs, had, had a hundred RBIs, almost, you know, career best in those departments. Um, there, and, and obviously great American ballpark is a, is a great place for, for home run hitting. I, I worry about the Reds lineup around him, but that's kind of been a problem for the last three years. And, and he's been pretty, pretty much excellent. Yeah. I mean, the, the rankings we're discussing are kind of, you know, standard fantasy leagues, but if you're in an on base percentage league, you know, Vado's a first round pick. So we just want mm-hmm. to point that out. Um, can we mention Eric Hosmer for a second? Um, we both had him eighth. Um, and obviously it's a difficult ranking because, we don't really know where he's going to be yet. It's early February right now. Yeah. Um, I was thinking the Red Sox for a good portion of the winter, and I was kind of hoping it would be Red Sox, but um, that chatter obviously slowed down after Mitch Moreland returned. Um, J.D. Martinez seems like a better fit at this point if they can work out their differences, <laughs> as we're hearing in the media uh, this week. Um, it really feels like a return to the Royals makes the most sense for Hosmer at this point, but it's still really up in the air. Yeah, I think that would you know, kind of depress his fantasy value. And I think the Padres who are, who are considered to be the other front runner for him, or at least have been for the last two months, uh, that, that would also kind of hurt his fantasy value. Cause those are two very, uh, pitcher friendly parks. But if, I mean, if he lands in an offensive friendly environment, you can talk yourself into the idea that what happened last year is what we can expect going forward. I mean, he was young for, he is young for a free agent at 28 years old. Um, reason to believe that he has at least three more years of, of being able to hit like that. His career is really weird where, you know, it's a good season and then a, a not so good season, but 25 home runs and nearly a hundred RBIs over the last two years. Um, and then, you know, an 882 OPS last year, 318 batting average, both career bests. Um, what if he's that player going forward and he moves to a place like Boston or I don't know, I guess St. Louis could be an okay fit too um, yeah. for offense. Yeah. So uh, so I, I, yeah, it's kind of a ranking where I don't know how much higher I'd move him. I think eight is a good spot for him right now with a lot of unknowns. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I put Hosmer in my top ten, but he's just not someone I get super excited about for whatever reason. No. Um, as you said, it was nice to see the batting average come back last year. He really cut down on his strikeouts. Uh, he used the whole field a bit more, but he hits too many ground balls to suggest he's going to be a 30-homer guy. Um, you know, unless he changes his approach to loft the ball more, which is always possible, but he can't assume that. So, uh, I'm not sure about the upside there. I think he belongs in the top 10, but, uh, probably someone I won't really end up drafting anywhere. You would, yeah, you would think he would get on board the the fly ball revolution, right? He's kind of a perfect candidate to, uh, change his swing plane. Right. Uh, anyway, I want to ask you about two players you were actually lowest on with our staff rankings. Um, that would be Miguel Cabrera, you had 11th, and Will Myers, you had 12th. Um, what was your thinking with those two guys? Um, Cabrera, at first, I just, um, I'm worried about him breaking down. I mean, this will be his age 35 season, had a career worst year last year. Um, you know, 16 home runs, 60 RBIs, a, 
a 249 batting average, a 728 OPS. The Tigers are tearing things down around him. Um, I just, I, I'm sure he's going to bounce back a little bit, but I, I don't know how much to expect. I mean, they still, they still have Victor Martinez on the roster and if he's healthy and his heart is okay, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to play a lot of DH. So that means Cabrera is going to play a lot of first base again. And I, I mean, it, you can see it in his hip and in the way he, he walks and the way he moves that he's just, he's got a lot of mileage on him. And I, I would just be worried about how much he's going to bounce back. I don't think you're going to see 35 plus home runs and, and the hundred plus RBIs that we came to expect. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing that I, I see about it, and I had him 10th, so not, not much of a difference between me and you there. Yeah. But at that point in a draft, sure, yeah, right. why wouldn't you take a chance on him? You know what I mean? Because you never know, and then maybe you grab another first baseman a couple rounds later, and you're, you're covered in case Cabrera's a dud. But if he bounces back, I mean, you're in great shape. So Yeah, in the couple of mock drafts I've done, yeah, when you see him go like ninth round, you're like, oh, maybe I should have done that. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, and then with Will Myers, um, I don't really have a great case for this one. But you know, he went from 28 stolen bases in 2016, which we knew wasn't sustainable, to 20 stolen bases in 2017. Still obviously very good, uh, but hasn't posted an OPS above 800 since – he won American League Rookie of the Year with the Rays back in 2013. Had a 243 batting average last year. I, I think he's a flawed player, um, especially when you consider the defense. But obviously, that's not very fantasy relevant. But then again, you know, he's 27 years old, so maybe he actually improves his power numbers and, and possibly his speed numbers. Though I would I would bet against that. Yeah, his contact rate crashed last year, yeah. so that explains the batting average. So we can't assume that's going to bounce back up. I would settle for. You know, hitting 250, and, and if he could still give me 25 to 30 homers, maybe 20 steals, that'd be pretty nice. Again, getting that speed from the first base position. Uh, but yeah, he's going to be a batting average risk for sure. Um, as for someone I'm going to be avoiding, probably Ryan Zimmerman with the Nationals. Yeah, I have him down there too. Yeah, and this isn't about the production as it mu- as much as the injury history. Um, he managed to stay mostly healthy last year, and, and we saw how great he was. He started hot. And then he finished hot as well. So won a lot of leagues for people, but I'm not tempting fate again there. He turns 33 or he's 33 years old right now. I, I could see that one backfiring if you're paying based on 2017 production. Um, another one of those guys, I'd certainly take him if he falls far enough, but I'm guessing he won't fall far enough for me to get him. Yeah. Another one of my busts. I think there are some red flags on Edwin Encarnacion. Um, he's now 35 years old, and there was a report recently that the Indians tried to trade him to the Red Sox this winter. So that might be an indication that his own team isn't counting on another, you know, nearly 40 homer, 100 RBI type season. Certainly buoyed by a very good lineup in Cleveland. Um, just someone I probably wouldn't reach for based on past production. Like you said, you don't want to pay for past production. You want to be ahead of these career drop-offs in fantasy, and he's a guy who, who might be on the decline. Um, so let's let's move on to some sleepers, and uh, here's someone a lot of our staff seems to like. I actually had him 12th, and that's Greg Bird with the Yankees. Um, yeah. Awesome spring training last year, suffered, suffered an ankle injury toward the end of the Grapefruit League schedule, and just had a brutal first month before going on the DL, but he was really productive after his return. Eight homers, 891 OPS over his final 29 games, and kind of flies under the radar if you look at his overall numbers for the year. I think his batting average was under 200 overall for the year. 
Um, anyway, now he gets a full season in Yankee Stadium with that short porch in the AL East with some bad teams. Keep that in mind. Three teams kind of selling off parts. I think the Yankees and Red Sox are going to dominate that division in a loaded lineup with the Yankees. I had him 12th, like I said, but um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he really outdoes that ranking. I might have shorted him here. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I think maybe somewhat of a forgotten guy outside of New York and Yankees fans because he only appeared in 48 games last season, like you said, um, had that lingering ankle injury. And then he also missed the entire 2016 season with that torn labrum in his shoulder. Um, but like you said, uh, when he came back from the disabled list last year, was one of the Yankees' best hitters in August, um, really helped carry them down the stretch. And then in the playoffs, had a 938 OPS, three home runs and 13 playoff games. He's going to bat near the heart of that lineup, which should just be incredibly powerful. Um, just 25 years old, dripping with upside. And in casual leagues, I, I don't think he's going to be a, you know, a, an early round guy at all. I think you might be able to get him in like mid to late round. So more, any more sleepers for you? Yeah, Justin Bohr is kind of a big sleeper for me. I think people will be scared away by the Marlins offseason fire sale. Um, so he'll probably be sitting there on draft boards in the mid to maybe even later rounds. I agree. He had 25 home runs and 83 RBIs and a 902 OPS in 108 games last year. Probably could have challenged for 30 plus homers and 100 RBIs had he not missed eight weeks with, um, I think it was oblique and ankle injuries. Yeah. Um, obviously, the RBI potential won't be as great with John Carlos Stanton, Marcelo Zuna, Christian Yelich, D. Gordon gone, maybe JT Romuto gets traded. But yeah. I think I think the power progression is legit, and we've seen players post fine counting stats on bad teams, so I think he's going to be a value. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a value on the power front when he's healthy. He's he, As you said, he has had some injury issues. I worry about the supporting cast. Um, Riamuto seems like a guy who could be traded. Starlin Castro doesn't seem like someone the Marlins are going to hang on to for long. Uh, so if those guys are gone, I'm not really sure what's there, you know. Um, but I certainly like the power when he's healthy and, and he really improved against left-handed pitching last season. He was basically a non-factor in previous years, but I think he, he hit eight home runs against lefties last year. So if he can keep that up, he could be a nice value. I had him a little lower on my personal rankings just cause I'm worried about the supporting cast and the injuries, but yeah. certainly a guy can bring the power when he's healthy. I, I also, I also want to touch on Carlos Santana. I mean, we don't have a great source for average draft position data at this point in early February when we're recording this, but I'm going to guess Carlos Santana will fall pretty down, far down the board this year. Um, kind of had an underwhelming final season in Cleveland, 259 average, 818 OPS, 23 home runs, 79 RBIs, but move into a more power-friendly environment in Philadelphia. And I think he and Reese Hoskins can do some serious damage as the you know three, four hitters in that Phillies lineup. Um, and I, I think, you know, you're, you're not going to, not going to have to reach out to pay for that kind of power. Um, I think he could be a pretty good steal, even though he's, he's a guy who has some name recognition. I'm a fan of him as well. I, I believe I had him maybe 15th on my list, but yeah, I'm yeah. a fan. Maybe he won't be your starter in a shallow league, but as a corner infielder utility type, I definitely think he yeah. has value in that lineup. Do you have any other sleepers? Um, I, I was going to throw out Matt Olson. uh, incredible numbers down the stretch last year 20 home runs over his final 38 games which is just ridiculous um won't be highly sought after guy in casual fantasy leagues because of the lack of name recognition i think and the fact that he plays in oakland but 
I think the ace could be kind of sneaky good this year. He's not going to obviously carry that pace over a, the course of a 162 game season, but he could be um, kind of a hidden 30 homer guy, 35 homer guy. Yeah, I, I have Olsen 13th, just kind of going for that young upside. Him and Greg Bird, I had Bird 12th, Olsen 13th, just kind of shooting for that upside. Maybe the guys who will work their way into that next tier. Um, and I had yeah. Carlos Santana 14th. Um, kind of looking beyond the top 20, um, names that I thought were kind of interesting. How about Ryan McMahon with the Rockies? Um, yeah. Rockies, you know, they could still make some more moves, which you know could really take away uh, McMahon's chances, but... He had a great rebound season in the minors last year. Kind of fell off the map in 2016, but uh, really found his way back last year. Didn't do much in his first stint in the majors, but obviously a lot to like with possible opportunities in Coors Field. He's someone I'll definitely be watching this spring. And and finally, I'm not giving up on Dom Smith with the Mets. I, I don't see Adrian Gonzalez as much of a hurdle at this point in his career. Back problems last year. Turns 36 years old in May. Uh, it costs nothing for the Mets to bring him aboard, so I understand why they signed Gonzalez. Uh, plus, Dom Smith was a little shaky in his, his first taste at the majors last year, but the Mets could quickly turn the page if he looks cooked. Uh, Smith has shown up to spring training in better shape. I think he's lost like 20 pounds or something like that. Um, he said 30. He said he's 30, lost 30 pounds. Even, even yeah. better. I mean, he looks really good. Um, yeah, he does. And I think the the offseason move kind of motivated him perhaps so you know we'll see what he does during spring training i still think he could make a nice impact in mixed leagues we love post-hype sleepers man post-hype prospects and another and he's, one he's one of those another one what about logan morrison i feel like nobody sure. is talking about yeah. this guy he had i don't think homers even, last year. even teams aren't talking about i know him. He's, he's still a free agent yeah it's crazy. He had 38 home runs last year, and we're hearing nothing about this guy. I, I don't know what is a good fit for him. I honestly have no idea. Um, but depending yeah. on where he lands, I think he's someone worth watching. I mean, not going to hit for average, but he was one of those guys who lofted the ball more often last season and pulled the ball as well. So really, you know, it's a trend in baseball. He picked up on that, hit, hit a career-high 38 homers. Why not? Keep an eye on him. I think he's going to have a, a pretty low average draft position, so... Why not? Just keep an eye on him as well. Yeah. Should we move on to uh, second base? Yes. Let's do second base. And again, we're not talking about multi-position eligible guys. So no Javi Baez, Jose Peraza, etc. But feel free. Take it away. All right. My list is number one, Jose Altuve. Number two, Jose Ramirez. Number three, D. Gordon. Number four, Brian Dozier. Number five, Jonathan Scope. Number six, Rugni Dodor. Number seven, Robinson Cano. Number eight, Whit Merrifield. Number nine, DJ LeMahieu. Number 10, Yon Mankata. Number 11, Ozzy Albies. Number 12, D Daniel Murphy. Um, I'll just start with my reasoning on putting Daniel Murphy at number 12. Um, he underwent a debridement and microfracture surgery on his right knee in late October. That's a major procedure, microfracture knee surgery, that can sometimes take eight months uh, to fully recover from can sometimes linger even once you do come back. Murphy turns 33 years old on April 1st. Um, maybe he'll be ready for opening day and be totally fine like the Nationals claim, but I'd probably let someone else in my league worry about that. Yeah, I definitely um, think that's fair yeah. to say, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I put him eighth on mine, and uh, that was a tough one for me just because I think there's so many questions beyond that, sort of with like a lot of youth at the position, a lot of players who – 
have really only performed once, like Whit Merrifield, Chris Taylor, guys mm-hmm. like that. So I put him eighth, but I didn't really feel good about it. And I think it's something where his ranking could shift considerably depending on what we hear during spring training. It feels like there could be a lot of risers and fallers at this position this year. It's an interesting position. Um, and just a, a mildly interesting side note, I was updating the positional tiers for our online draft guide earlier this week. And when I got to the NL only section at second base, I was like, is there something wrong here? Like, are, are not all the players on here? Because, <laughs> I mean, it's Ozzy Albies or DJ LeMahieu as the top fantasy second baseman in the National League. That's a good point. I mean, arguably the top eight fantasy second baseman, maybe even top nine are American leaguers. So if you're right. in an NL only league, I don't, I don't know who you're starting yeah. at second base, but um, you, you got to go with some some sleepers for sure, which we'll get into. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's really no question about the top of the board. Altuve, yeah. well established. Jose Ramirez actually raised his game last year after his breakout season in 2016, so he's the clear number two. Uh, D Gordon's interesting because he's, he's not going to play second base with the Mariners. They're moving him to center mm-hmm. field. Um, but I actually think that makes him more attractive in fantasy leagues, just having that uh, multi-position eligibility, a really nice bonus given the 10-day D- DL, etc. Um, I know there's not going to be any power there, but speed's so hard to find right now. I, I'm pretty, I feel pretty good. I have him third in my rankings. Um, Jonathan Scope is the biggest riser for me. I had him fifth. Um, with my second baseman. Um, yeah, me too. He's never going to be, you know, he's never going to take a lot of pitches. He's never going to be a big on-base machine, but uh, he was a lot more selective last season. He swung at 52.4% of his pitch- of the pitches last season. He was at 60.2% in 2016. So he's making some progress in that area, just kind of swinging at better pitches. Um, gets to play half of his games in Camden Yards. So I feel really good about him. Yeah, I'm a I'm a believer in what Scope did, man. 293 batting average, 32 homers, 150 RBIs, 92 runs scored. He's only 26 years old. Like you said, Camden Yards is a great park for hitters. And for all the flaws on the Orioles roster, they do have some big bats still. Um, Scope moved from hitting eighth in that lineup at the beginning of last season to hitting sixth and then third. And then he also hit some second down the stretch. So I think the counting stats will be there um, big time with him. The hardest player for me to rank, and maybe not even just talking about second base, but in general, Rugnan Odor. Um, I mean, he reached 30 homers and 15 steals last year, (laughs) so that's something. That's pretty good, but he hit 204 with a 252 on base percentage, easily the lowest on base percentage of any qualified hitter. Alcides Escobar was second, and he was at 272, so 20 points higher than Odor last season, so... That's tough to live with. Odor's strikeout rate has increased increased in each of the last two years. He was at 16.8% in 2015. He was all the way up to 24.9% last year, so basically a quarter of his plate appearances. He had a 224 batting average on balls and play. Um, I mean, the flaws are obvious with him, but I, I can't see him being any worse than he was in 2017. Yeah. Um, I think most fantasy owners would settle for him, like hitting 250, for example, if he can continue to bring pop and speed at the same pace. So I put him seventh, even though I don't love him and I'm totally confused by him. Yeah, the counting stats are so tantalizing. Um, yeah, I don't like see myself drafting him this year because I feel like people are going to pay up for him, and I'm I'm just worried if if you're going to hit 204 with a 649 OPS, like you're probably not going to repeat those power and speed totals. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe it will be able to, but let's get into uh, some of our like favorite values and sleepers at the position. I'll, I'll start with Ozzy Albies as one of my favorite values since I already mentioned him. Um, assuming most people aren't rating him as, as high as I am leading into draft day, like I said, the, probably the number one second baseman if you're in an NL-only league, um, put up an 8-10 OPS, six home runs, and eight stolen bases over his first 57 major league games last season as with the Braves. As a 20-year-old, which is yeah. crazy. And, and maybe like those aren't eye-popping numbers at first glance, but if you extrapolate that production out over a 162-game slate, that's 17 home runs and 23 stolen bases, also 80 RBIs and 97 runs scored. Like you said, he's going to be 21 years old this year. Uh, there's so much upside there. And, and I think the Braves, like I've mentioned, will, will get a lot better as the year goes along, at least offensively. What about Cesar Hernandez with the Phillies? Um, I think yeah, I don't know. Where, he's a guy that's hard to rank, too, I feel like. He doesn't get enough respect, I don't think. Uh, he's an on-base machine. I mean, he's hit 294 in each of the last two seasons. 372 on base percentage and that time uh, hitting leadoff in an improved Phillies lineup uh, contributes across the board and counting stats. Never going to be a big power guy, but he could give you close to double digit homers. I could see him pushing a hundred runs scored if he can stay healthy in that lineup this season. I know there's some question about Scott Kingery, their top prospect. How is he going to fit into that mix? Um, but the Phillies resisted trading Hernandez during the off season. I still think he's going to be a regular play the full season i mean maybe if they they're out of it around the trade deadline maybe they'll trade him um i think he's in a good situation and has really proven himself yeah i mean 372 on base percentage over his last two years that's over a thousand plate appearance sample size so he's clearly got that skill and guys like that are like bound to pop one day with with a with a big time counting stats um he does he does get caught a lot on the base pass which yeah, he, I think, he yeah. seems like someone who should steal more bases than he does. Yes, He's just yeah. never really been that guy, unfortunately. But, you know, he can give you 15 to 20 steals, and who knows? Maybe someday he'll figure it out and he'll steal more, but I, w- I wouldn't necessarily bank on that. I guess we should talk about Whit Merrifield. Um, I think might go a little overlooked because of the rebuild going on in Kansas City, but, um, you know, he had 34 stolen bases last year, tops in the American League, and, and 19 home runs. Um, in 145 games, despite you know spending the early part of April in the minors, really didn't grab the starting second base job until like week four. Um, so, I, I mean, if if you project those numbers going forward, we're talking about a 25 homer, 30 stolen base guy in 2018. I don't expect that to happen. Um, he never really hinted at, that he was that kind of player in the minor leagues, but um, he wouldn't be the first guy to like be a late bloomer. Yeah, and Chris Taylor was one of those guys as well. Yeah, um, they kind of fit in the same boat with me where I'm like, you know, if they fall far enough, I'd certainly take a chance on them. They make me a little bit nervous because they've only really done that once. Um, another guy could be interesting. Eduardo Nunez had a great year when he was healthy last season. But right now we still really don't know where he's going to be playing. Um, but assuming he ends up with regular playing time, uh, he's a really useful player to have around. Multi-position eligible, brings speed as well. I think he's someone to keep an eye on. Yep, Yon Moncada, who I had ranked 10th, um, I think it's a safe bet he's going to be a lot more productive this year. It'll be his age 23 season, and really his first full major league season. Um, was considered the number two prospect in baseball pretty much by consensus leading into the 2017 season. Had some knee and shin problems after coming up in July. Um, I think he, he could be kind of a post-hype guy who maybe doesn't get the attention he deserves on draft days, especially in more casual leagues. 
Well, he, uh, Mankata, I mean, super interesting. Losing tools, no doubt about that. Struck out in 32% of his plate yeah. appearances as a rookie. Strikeouts were an issue for him in the minors, too. Uh, obviously, I think he's going to progress, but to what extent is really the question. Um, it's going to give you pop and speed, but I think there'll be growing pains with him. They'll probably He'll probably have some big highs and some big lows. Uh, might just have to be something you're going to have to live with. Um, as for players to avoid with me, um, I actually have DJ LeMahieu as one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have him if, I have him 14th, which I'm sure I just won't be able to draft him anywhere, basically. Um, I think at this point you can count on the batting average and run scored. He's going to get on base. He's in course field. But there's just so little impact with stolen bases and home runs that I just don't really think it's... You're not really getting a lot of bang for your buck with me. I, I just... I don't see taking him within the top 10 second baseman in mixed leagues. That that doesn't that doesn't make sense for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm just... I'm lured in by the Coors Field effect, but he doesn't really excite me either. Um, I think I'm going to probably let somebody else grab Robinson Cano this year. Um, he's 35, had an OPS under 800 last season for only the second time in the last... I think 10 years of his career. Um, there are just too many indicators of this being like a real decline for him. I'm not paying for past production. Um, I'm not paying for name recognition. I, I, I think he's going to go pretty high, but I, I wouldn't be the one to take him. Um, Scooter Jeanette, I think we probably both agree, don't pay for the 27 homers and 97 RBIs he tallied last year because sure. it's probably not going to happen again. Um, Ian Kinsler probably isn't going to hit 20 homers again. Um, he turns 36 years old in June, probably won't steal double-digit bases. I liked that trade for the Angels. I, I think he's a big upgrade from what they had last year at second base, um, but I didn't have him in my top 20 among fantasy second basemen. Yeah, I wonder where Kinzer is going to hit in that lineup. He um, could hit leadoff, which is which makes me think like maybe he should be in the top 20, but I I don't know. I, it, it's trending in a, in, a, in, the bad, in a bad direction because, you know, he's – on the wrong side of 35. Agreed. Agreed. But I'll, man, if he, if he hits lead off, it's kind of intriguing yeah, in, a, in a very deep league, you know, that could be salvaging his value. I think, um, I'm going to be avoiding Starlin Castro, uh, barring him being traded to a much better situation. Uh, definitely going to miss Yankee stadium. He had 323 with 10 of his 16 home runs there last season, had a 347 batting average on balls and play last year. He's always been a high BABIP guy in his career, but Hard to ask for a repeat there, 347. Uh, he's only hit 20 homers once in his career, and that was as a Yankee. Hasn't reached double-digit steals since 2012. So just not very exciting to me, especially if he ends up staying in Miami maybe for half the season. Uh, so, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't pay for last year's production with him. Um, I have some deeper sleepers at the second base position that we, we could get into. I mean, it's a pretty in- intriguing list all the way down to, I think, like the 25th guy especially if you're in a, in a league that has middle infield spot there. There are some dudes that, that you might want to pick up on the waiver wire, maybe draft late in a deep league. Um, I've always been intrigued by Devin Travis, uh, the Blue Jays second baseman. If he could just stay healthy, uh, had good power and speed numbers in the minor leagues. Pretty hard to trust at this point in a standard mixed league because he, he just hasn't been on the field enough. He's got knee and shoulder issues that seem to linger. I have him ranked 18th among second basemen. Um, more of a waiver wire guy probably right now, but I don't know. Maybe he makes some noise in the Grapefruit League this spring. There are good reports that that he's in good health le- leading into Blue Jays camp. Um, somebody not on my top twenty, but still kind of on my radar is Colton Wong. 
who quietly had a career year in 2017 in terms of rate stats, uh, 285 batting average, 376 on base percentage over a 400 plate appearance sample size. Uh, the counting stats will follow if he keeps that up in 2018. Finished with only four home runs and eight stolen bases last season, but he's proven capable of hitting for m- more power and stealing more bases, and he's only 27 years old. Kind of kind of fallen off the map a bit, but um, you know, if, if he gets on base at a 380 clip, there's there's no doubt he's going to steal more bases and, and score more runs and maybe have some more RBIs. He's almost like a Cesar Hernandez clone, basically. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Another interesting guy who, who was sort of relevant at times last season, Adam Frazier with the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to play a lot of left field now that McCutcheon is out of the picture, but he's second base eligible, uh, more relevant there than he is in the outfield, obviously, from a fantasy perspective. But he's another guy who sort of fits in the same vein as Hernandez and Wong. He'll give you batting average and on-base percentage, kind of a little bit of st- accounting stat upside as well. Maybe he won't excel in any one category, but I think he can be a useful guy in deeper leagues. I liked playing him in, in DFS at, at the beginning of last year because they would bat him leadoff. Right. Um, and he, he could kind of surprise you with, with maybe a homer or a stolen base. I mean, and he was like the, the, the league minimum on, on FanDuel. Sure. Um, so prospects to watch. Gliber Torres with the Yankees. Um, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery on his non-throwing elbow. Uh, Didi Gregorius at shortstop, so the expectation is Torres will eventually take over at second base. Uh, Might not be right away, might not be at the start of the season. The Yankees could go with Ronald Torres and Tyler Wade at second base, but who knows what will happen in the spring. Maybe Torres has a monster spring training and they can't possibly send him down. Um, But barring something unforeseen, I think he'll be up within the first few weeks of the season at the very least, and he's probably going to be the most popular waiver wire ad. I think Ian Happ could surprise too. I just want to throw that in. Sure. I mean, he doesn't really have like a position in in Chicago, but he hit 24 home runs last year without really having a starting job. Um, so you know, I, I mean, 23 years old. If if you know if the the Cubs decide to kind of give up on someone at a certain spot, I don't really know where he fits in. You know, but. Um, if he if he gets everyday playing time, if injuries open the, the door for him, he has a lot of power, um, and certainly someone maybe you could get him late in a, in a in a deep mixed league draft or or just think about him on the waiver wire. Yeah, I mean I had Hap fifteenth. Um, it's just a matter you don't really know what Joe Madden's going to do on any given night, but I was impressed with Hap's power last season. I think he has huge upside this year, and I think. He's probably going to be in the lineup most days, whether it's at second base or in the outfield. They're going to mix and match and figure things out there. I, th- I definitely think he'll have value. Uh, I mentioned Kingery earlier. I have no idea how he's going to fit in with the Phillies this season. I think he will make an impact at some point. Uh, Cesar Hernandez already at second base, but Michael Franco has been a huge disappointment for a couple of years now. They might get creative to get Kingery into the mix. Hernandez has some experience at third base. Um, but after Kingery took that huge leap in the minors last season, I think it's just a matter of time before he comes up. So definitely another one to keep in mind. If he gets the call up at any point, he's going to be mixed league relevant right away. Yep. I like it. Um, anything else? I think I'm out of ideas for (laughs) first base and second base. At least we'll come back, um, in our next episode with, what are we? What are we doing next? Catchers and outfielders. Catchers, Catchers kind of depressing, but uh, yeah, it's really depressing. <laughs> but we'll have outfielders to kind of balance that out at least. Uh, some Mike Trout discussion and much more. Um, okay, <laughs> sleeper. So, 
Yeah, a sleeper. <laughs> Keep an eye out for him. Um, so that'll do it for for this week. If you like what you heard in this episode, be sure to subscribe to the Roto World Baseball Podcast wherever you get your podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, etc. We'll be back next week for an episode again, breaking down catchers and outfielders. So that should be a good time. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve, and we will see you next week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.